Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Somewhat Damaged. I'm your host, Greg Alpern, and with me as always, John B. Today, we welcome our guest, Frank Castillo. And remember, rate, review, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Oh yeah, spark that split, baby. <laughs> well, thanks for having Dude, me, guys. Frank, thanks for fucking being on. How are you? So today, by the way, is the first day that um, marijuana is legal for personal consumption and, and use in Connecticut, recreationally. Oh, really? Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Big Are you day. In Connecticut? Yeah, I'm in Connecticut. John's in the city. Uh, but yeah, it just passed. Like he just signed the bill into law like two weeks ago, and today it's now. Um, it's now recreationally legal. I mean, you can't buy it yet. Like you can't buy it. And there's no dispensaries until next year, but you can possess and you know, all the stuff that comes with it. So pretty big day in That's Connecticut. Great. Yeah. And everyone's been getting fucking lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites was uh, we were outside the club when weed became uh, legal and uh, I was outside with Sherrod small and two cops, uh, you know, uh, we're fucking walking by and they're, they never walk by on the Upper West Side and uh, they just walk up and they just go, smells good. And we're just like, you're still cops. No <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. cops. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, fucking- it's funny because part of part of Connecticut's law when they did part of the bill signing, when they signed the bill into law, it got... It not held up, but one of the, the contingencies was they were going to expunge all the convictions from 2000 to 2015 for anyone with a marrow marijuana, you know, whatever charge, right? Charge and completely not not expunged, just com- like wiped clean, like doesn't exist. So so they can vote. Yeah, and it's vote. actually they they the way this law is written. And, you know, I'm not a lawyer or anything. I just, you know, read all the articles. The, anyone that was caught up in that, that has a charge, you know, has, was convicted or anything, gets like to the top of the line for the licenses to open up dispensaries and stuff. Great. Oh, they have the equity program. That's what, yeah, they're, like that. <clears throat> that's what they're kind of trying to do to like, you know, hey, sorry for locking up all the people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It's, and oh I think it's a, it's a good thing, and hopefully it does well. Uh, like in theory, it will. Um, but that's kind of like when they talk about like reparations and shit. That's kind of like the one of the ideas they're floating is like, listen, we ain't got to like give everybody fucking money, but we can like you know give people that have been fucking charged with bullshit top of the list when it comes sure. to licenses and shit. And right. like, yeah. But the thing about it is like, how expensive are these licenses going to be? Because I mean, like millions, New Jersey, millions of dollars. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, there was this great piece on vice that I was watching about a, uh, a man in uh, New York that specifically doesn't want marijuana legalized because he knows that it's just going to be monopolized by, uh, oh, it already is. By white. Yeah. Just by, by, Three percent of all dispensary owners are white, or no, no, are all black. Yeah. Uh, so three percent of uh, dispensary owners are black, and I think it's like fucking like eighty nine. I'm fucking some crazy percentage of like majority of black people still in jail for uh, uh, marijuana offenses. It's so, so ridiculous. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Crazy. I, I mean, uh, the the fact that like it becomes a novelty, like Chuck Schumer was like happy four twenty from your minority leader. I was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
you see like yoga moms drinking like CBD drinks and shit walking around. I'm like, my cousin went to jail. Like that's yeah. great. Yeah. Like it's, it's so, it, I don't know. Uh, I'm getting angry now. I'm sorry. I'm going <laughs> to calm, <down. laughs> no, calm down a little bit. I, 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 just I do have, go ahead. Just have a quick question. So what, you know, obviously out here, it, you know, the CBD has been like a huge craze the last couple of years, right? Like, you know, stores popping up that are dispensaries for CBD selling flower gummies, edibles, everything, right? And not just the gas station places, like cool dispensaries. What do you think happens once, like, you can go in into a dispensary and buy full THC marijuana? So a lot of those shops that do that, they're mostly just buying the storefront. Right. Place now. So when things like Connecticut become legal, they can easily transition that shop into a full THC or they sell it to a brand or they sell it to another company because they're like, hey, you're, you're a brand that's looking for a storefront. Right. It's crazy. I have the licensing. I have the I have the permits. I have everything. Give me two million dollars Do do. I mean, I'm in L.A. a lot, but I don't pay that much attention to it do, or wow. well, probably all this shit. But do, do are there just full on CBD stores in L.A.? Does that exist? There are. And those are usually near the tourist spots. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and that's why like most dispensaries near the tourist hotspots are more expensive. So right. You're like from fucking someplace that's not legal to go buy weed, you come here and you're like, ninety dollars for the best eighth I've ever smoked? Absolutely. You know, <laughs> like the guy that smoked weed, you're like, I don't want to pay fucking taxes on that. It's crazy. Yeah. You could go to my boy for like forty bucks. And then also still like still still get good weed. What's crazy now is there's a thing called the gray market that's popping up. Right. Which is it's like you'll have people that are legal, right? Like compliant. Um, they'll grow weed. They'll pop a bunch of bags uh, to like look for the new strain that they're going to grow. Right. But they'll have all this weed. So they'll like give it to people, which is legal. Or they'll sell it on the side. Uh, um, <laughs> so you'll be like a guy walking around with like dope, dope weed that hasn't been out yet. But it's totally fine because... Legally, you're allowed. People are allowed to gift people weed. Right, right. Is that because I saw that jam in the van? Uh, they're running that those shows out in L.A. and it's like everybody gets like free weed. And yeah. I'm like, how does that fuck happen? But then I remembered that there was this lemonade. There was an iced tea place in D.C. that they would deliver iced tea to you and they would gift you a bag of marijuana. It was like forty five dollar iced tea, but yeah. they would gift you that. Yeah, so most private, this is what the thing that I've been looking at, because I want to do a comedy tour, and comedy clubs are great, but I like smoking weed in in, in the shows that I do. It's kind of, I like that kind of, vibe. so sure. you got to find, it's, it's most venues can't sell alcohol and do weed shit. Right. So you got to, unless it's like a private lounge or like a private venue where you're doing your own thing, that's kind of like the only ways you can really do stuff. Um, yeah. Or if it's wow. like AOB or so whatever. So you would so you so you your 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 um your idea is to actually be on stage and the crowds lighten up jays. Yeah, cuz like I wouldn't mind that. It's kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like if you go to like an audience where it's like all stoners and they're just doing dabs, sometimes they get too blasted and it's yeah. not fun. But if there's if you're just like, "Hey, we have a show. You can drink beer, you can smoke weed if you want." That's fine. And then it becomes like a regular show. It's kind of more mixed. You know what I mean? Not everyone's like fucking super blasted, but right. if you want to be, can be if they want. Yeah. 
Where do you where do you do that show? What kind of rooftop is that show at? Well, that's the, we've we've done it at a few like uh, this place called the Cabin in uh, Hormosa, and then there's uh, the Vault Dispensary that does like a weed friendly show. Right. Oh shit. Yeah. There's venues all across town. You just kind of got to find them. Yeah, uh, Colorado. Right. There's a few clubs that are like, yeah, you can smoke weed in here. We don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there's a there was a spot in uh, Mid City uh, when I was out in LA. We were trying to run shows. There was a dispensary. And there was this guy named uh, Red Rabbit or something like that, but he had this like art studio downstairs. But in the back was this fucking of the dispensary was like the smoking lounge, and I'm like, this would be super dope to fucking do a show at. Yeah, um, I've, done, I've done weed shows and those are fun. Then I've done like regular shows with comedy clubs, and I was like, you know, I was like, I my own tour is like this is kind of what I want. This is what I right. very fun. And this all this is kind of like my audience, you know? Right, you right, right. right. Pill. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. I mean, Frank, uh, if we want to kind of go back, I mean, like, listen, your biggest and uh, listen, and I apologize, but what I know you from, obviously, is roasting one of my boys in the championship with Broussard. Yeah. Where he fucking fumbles over his stupid joke. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Frank, I mean, like, listen, uh, you know, what what's what's been the trajectory like from doing, you know, doing the belly room and doing roast battle and then now kind of, I mean, you were just at the store uh, last night, right? Yeah. Or a couple yeah, nights ago. Yeah, I mean, two spots a week now there. It's fucking insane. Dude, sick. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. everybody moved to Austin, right? Yeah, dude, after the pandemic, they sent me my spot. I was like, 10-15? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> All right. Because, like, I, you know, I, I worked there. I was a door yeah. guy. I, I fucking... You know, I, I worked with the booker. I did fucking made all the lineups. I fucking helped, you know, do all that shit. I had to call fucking headliners and shit. That's how I met everybody. Fucking uh, 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 the talent coordinator passed a person that was a friend of mine, uh, but he called me to get their number, and I was, like, <laughs> devastated one day. Was, you know what I mean? Fuck. Bullshit, you know? Um, but so, like, roast battles, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and I, I always like, cause it's now, I think it's like, it's biggest special spot in my heart, but it's almost the least interesting thing that I've done. Sure. The craziest thing to me. Um, but yeah, it's all just been great. I've truly lived the career that I've wanted. You know, it, there's a lot of like, you know, things that happen with like just being in the industry and you're just like, you know, what the fuck. But then in the end, every time that's always happened, something better's always happened. You know what I mean? Right. Right. How, when did you start working at the store? How long has it been? Uh, I was at 25 when I started there. So it, I worked there for six years and then the pandemic happened and that's what kind of made me quit. Right. When I, cause they furloughed us all and then they all asked us back. And then when they asked us back, I was like, I, I can't go back. I just can't. Like, yeah, I was like, this is the, if this is the mo like God killed half a million people for me to like, be like, okay, this is my moment to like, you know. <laughs> yeah, Frank, God killed five, half a million people just so you can realize, hey, I want you to do a tour where you're smoking fucking pot all over the fucking United States. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, you know uh, Wait, right. It was in, in the, the comedy store documentary, right? Isn't there, isn't there a, the part where Adam like comes up to you like during a shift and is like, you know, you're, so, you're now a regular? Yeah, so that I was in like three episodes of the comedy store Showtime doc. Uh, yep. they featured, yeah, it was trust me, it was fucking dope. Uh, and then, um, 
So I'd gotten past like a year before, and then they had me reenact the getting past with that. Ah! Uh, I was going to ask you that. <laughs> it, was like, it was great, but they were also like, hey, can you reenact the biggest moment of your life when you <laughs> cried like a fucking child? And I was Because <laughs> that's what happened. You know what I mean? Because it was like, so like, you know, when I was getting passed, he watches you for like, a, when Adam passed us, he watched us for like five weeks, right? And I was right. very lucky because I was in this weird mo- space of like still working at the store, but also doing the dopest shit on the weekends. So it was like this very, I was talking about, it's like being Harry Potter, you know what I mean? Like working at the store, it was very much like, you know, it was like fucking staying with the fucking Weasleys, or not the Weasleys, but staying with the fucking like regular. Yeah, the guy, yeah, yeah. But then on the weekends, I'd be featuring for like, you know, Mo Amer, fucking, I got to go on the road with Chappelle, I got to fucking go out with Joe. Like I would get to be doing these dope, dope things. But then like on fucking Mondays and Tuesdays, I was taking out the trash and fucking shit. Um, you know, just feeling fucking bitter as fuck about my position, but also like not really understanding that I was in the best position ever and that I shouldn't have been complaining. Um, but, you know, when you're seeing it so close, you just fucking don't ever pay attention to shit like that, you know? Right. Um, but when I got past, he was watching us for five weeks. I was literally going on the road every weekend featuring, I was coming off like a few weekends with Mo Amer and then uh, and then I was also going with uh, Polly Shore I was opening up for him there and then um, so when he was watching us for the showcase it was on potluck so I would literally get off these weekends doing like so much time and then I would just kill these five minute sets but I was just rotating my jokes and stuff yeah and finally when he watched me he was just kind of like he was like I gotta pass it, you know because there had been talks about me getting passed for a little bit you right. know like two years before that was roast battle. They had talked about getting me passed there, but my whole thought process was like, I don't want you to pass me because I want a thing. Right. I want you to pass me because I'm a good comic. Sure. And at that time I had like 15 minutes maybe. And like, everyone was like, you need a headline. You need to do this. And I was like, I, I don't want to fuck that up. You know what I mean? Right. right. Wow. Man, you know? That's fucking humble as, as fuck, dude. Yeah, bro, I'm in this shit for the long run, bro. I ain't, I'm not fucking, you know what I mean? I ain't fucking trying to get a million followers on TikTok and sell out Thursdays. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know what I mean? That's not my life. Did you do those arena shows with Joe? Were those the shows? Theaters. I didn't do the arenas. The theaters. Right. And thank God, because the fucking, bro, the jump from club to theaters, man, that shit is intense. It right. Was, but it was great, man. It was fun. But it also made it was like I was like, oh, so this is what the future looks like. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna need to fucking like hit this punching bag a lot. <laughs> yeah. And then is there uh, a feeling that when you did theaters though, like, cause like you're making, cause I was I, I went to see Chappelle uh, up in um, uh, Foxwoods uh, a couple weeks ago. It was nice, but there was something about like Sypha was featuring. Uh, Sypha opened, and then it was uh, Donnell, and then but I'm hearing. Cypher do jokes that I've heard in New York. I've heard, you know, he did our Idaho Comedy Festival. And it felt bigger last because you're, you know, you've got like, you got 200 people laughing, but it's still 4,000, you know, it seats 4,000. But like, it seems like jokes hit harder in theaters. Is I mean, is that the feeling that you get? It was the best way I explained it was uh, someone told me they're like, it's like you're performing your jokes. You know what I mean? Like you're really like showing them the fucking the thing that you've crafted. Right. And then um, for me, it was it's kind of like it's like being in the batting cages, but you can't see where the ball lands. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
like you know you can see the ball hit you can you can see it coming to you, you can hit it and then but it's just like you gotta wait and then feel for the lat and i was like oh okay it was definitely you know clubs they're on top of you you know what i mean yeah. you're just you can get away with you can get away with a lot more um but yeah it was definitely like oh shit okay this is different are you doing are you still doing roast battle are you still doing doing that I'm not roast battling anymore. I, uh, yeah, once I won, I was kind of like, I don't really ever have to do this again. Yeah. And, uh, I wanted to focus on stand up and I did. I just hit, I just did stand up a lot. I'll still judge occasionally. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like, it takes a lot for me to really want to do it. Like, right. I'll write for roasts all day. Um, sure. a YouTuber had me, like, paid me to, like, write roasts for his, like, they did, like, a roast thing. I got to write on that. That was dope. Um, you know, I have fun talking shit to people, but, like, I don't know it takes a lot for me to get like into a ring for rose battle. Like, yeah, my wife hates it. She fucking hates it. She hates how I get. Uh, <laughs> they just started doing the rose battles at the store where they do the mint stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. They're paying people now, uh, like pretty well. And one of the comics was like, "We should do it again. We should do our old one. You can just do our old jokes." And I was like, "I can't. My wife yeah. will fucking kill me." <laughs> she straight up was like, "I'll pay you to not do it." <laughs> I don't want that stress. No. What about your mom? Is she is she still coming? Dude, my mom is fucking. She like uh, will call me and be like, she's got two kids. You know what I mean? She's got my siblings. They're like teenagers now, and she right. she's like, can I just come up and like like hang out with you? And I'm like, <laughs> can't just have my mom walking around with me at the comedy club. Like I can, <laughs> it'll be fine. But it's also just like, see, the thing is, like most parents, they bring their parents around and they're just like, oh, that's someone's parents. Right. Parents come around. They're like, "Oh, is that Frank's brother and sister? Because they're fucking cool." You know, <laughs> it's like an older, older, older vibe, like right. older brother, older sibling vibe. Because like my dad will do shots, he'll drink, he fucking talks. He's like a man's man. You know what I mean? Right. My mom, just a party animal. She fucking like, she'll know where all the people are selling coke are. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she's not like that anymore. But she used to get down back in the day. So it's, right. It's weird. <laughs> people realize my parents are cooler than I. <laughs> It happens every once in a while, you know. It it, it makes it definitely humbles you. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when your parent, when your friends want to hang out with your parents, I went through that for a while with my with my parents, more so my dad. Uh, but whatever. So, but like, obviously, the roast battle gave you like the the big TV experience, right? Mm-hmm. And like to everyone, does that like? How do you look at that now? Um, I look at it like it's very interesting because you know. I got the best TV debut I think anyone could have ever had. And I had yeah. a few managers tell me that. And I never understood it until uh, I started. Like, whenever I whenever I meet someone from the industry, the first thing they always say is, like, I watched you win that thing. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's crazy. So that's just a good baseline to have wherever you go. Sure. And then, um, you know, I focused on the store. Like, I focused on staying there and working, becoming a paid regular. A lot of people tried to get writing jobs, and and they did. I have friends that are, you know, we know a lot of the guys from the Rose Battle that got writing jobs. I don't know if they're exactly the happiest. They definitely have a lot more money, and right. uh, you know, that was one of the things that someone told me. They're like prioritize happiness. Stand up's yeah. always been my shit. I love it. I will fucking, I'll do that for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter if I make money or not. Like I just love it. Um, What's your wife think? <laughs> He's a psychologist with a oh. master's degree. Yeah, God damn it. Yeah, that, that is up there. <laughs> <laughs> I 
up. Like, as long as you take out the trash, fuck it. Whatever you want to do. What are your little comedy club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your fucking comedy money's nice. All right? Well, yeah, your funny money. Huh? Your funny money. <laughs> she knew me when I was first starting to do stand-up, and then I helped her get through college. You know what I mean? When I won a roast, when I won roast battle, I won a bunch of money. Right. So, like, I'll take care of rent for, like, the next year. Just focus on college. She quit her job, and then she got her master's, and then now she's, like, got an insane dope job um, to the point where she was like, yeah, man, you can quit the store, focus on what you need to focus on. And then now I'm a little, I'm making money in weed and shit. So now we're both making good money, but she's making way more money than I am. And I'm making the money she used to make. So now we're just both in a better plot. Um, Great. But anyways, so comedy stuff. Um, We're talking about roast battle. All right. So, I, yeah, I focused on the stand-up. That's what I wanted to do. That was all right. that was it for me. And then the roast battle was like, it was great, but that led to just, you know, eyes on eyes from Rogan, eyes sure. from all these comics. And that was the biggest... I used to think JFL was what it was. I used to think all these things were what it was. And then after Jeff Singer got caught fucking being a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I am so happy to laugh about that right now. I never liked the dude. <laughs> it, it, it was one of those things of like, you know, and I hate to be like the fucking, uh, I hate to be like those fucking white women. Uh, do it, do it. But, you know, I'm from Eastside San Jose. You know what I mean? I come from a poor community, all that bullshit. Check those boxes. So when you're, when you kill something so big and then you got like Rogan that puts you on and then all these people that are talking about you, but then you don't get JFL or like you get passed up on all these writing assignments, like that shit fucks with you. Yeah. So for like a year or two, that shit fucked with me hard. And I'm like, I'm killing it. Why isn't anyone noticing, you know? And then it made me, once I saw that Jeff Singer shit, it made me realize I was like, oh, these motherfuckers don't know shit. Cause that guy watched me win roast battle. So it's like, if that guy watched me destroy, <clears throat> still I'm not good enough to get on his JFL fresh faces, then it's like, well, fuck it. Joe thinks I'm hilarious. Yeah. All these other comics respect me. It's so funny. I, I get it, man. The, the idea of, and, and even me being a gatekeeper, like I always have said, I'm an unlikely gatekeeper. It's very tough for me to kind of like, you know, like, like I just sent a text. Somebody sent me a text this morning. was like, Hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. She's super funny. She doesn't have any credits. And I'm like, I don't have the room. And I, I genuinely feel bad about it uh, to, to do these things. But it is nice to see people getting bounced down a couple steps. These, uh, these gatekeepers. Yeah. Um, just because you don't get into Colbert or, or you don't get your late night. Like, who are they? Do you know what I mean? Funny is funny. And you fucking are making it, dude. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. And it gets to the point where it's like, you know, and I'm experiencing that too in Los Angeles. You know, all the comics that book shows or just people that book shows that are like, I love the art. I love this dude because he's funny. You see it in their lineups and you see it in the shows. So the shows do well. There's guys that you know, run hot shows in LA right now. Supernova, sorry. <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things like, I used to be a door guy when he would run those shows at the store. And he was never tossing me spots. He was never tossing other door guy spots. He was never really trying. So now that he's out of there and then like, I'm doing better, that guy still ain't going to book me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even if he did, I don't ever want to be in a position where that guy gets to decide whether or not I'm funny enough to be on his stage. Because... Right. I know that guy hasn't written a new five minutes in fucking 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> a little bit. Sometimes what, you don't have to appease these people. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you think now about, you know, obviously the pandemic and all that shit, but now the explosion of all these new shows in town, right? Like outdoor shows, backyard shows, you know, I mean, there was always some of that. I think it's so great. I think it needs to happen. Yeah. Because for the longest time before the pandemic, a lot of it was pay to play. Like I would go right. to San Francisco, all list open mics and shit. And I love that, you know, and I'll still go to open mics. I still love that shit. So you know, when I come to LA and it's all pay to play, it bugs the shit out of me. It's different if it's a guy like me where I'm like, I've got, you know, money and I need to run through these time. I'll pay for it and I'll just run through the jokes because I know what I'm getting out of it. But if you're a young comic, you're paying 200, 300 bucks a fucking month to do stand up all the time. God damn. And then you get up in front of the talent coordinator at the store and you eat a fucking dick and you're like, I don't understand. I, I paid all this money for so much confidence. And it's like, yeah, that's what you did. <laughs> confidence. You didn't pay money for getting better at comedy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you got to go do those bullshit stuff. And I think the outside shows are great because those guys need comics. They need to book funny comics. They need to book fucking people to fill spots. So that's how people get better and then grow. You know what I mean? Like, I can understand someone being unfunny for a couple years. I always give people two, five years. You know what I mean? Um, but if you've been in this as long as I have, and I know a few people, and they're still like faking the funk and doing everything but writing, you know what I mean? They end up yeah. where they end up. Yeah, sure. I mean, but it's it, what, I, what I haven't seen come around, and maybe you can add. I mean, Greg and I are out in LA next next week, and we definitely want let's meet up, Frank. Uh, but cool. dude, uh, there. What about shows like Good Heroin and Venice Underground? Like those were two shows that I loved going to. Are those still kicking around? I don't know if they're kicking around anymore, um, but I mean, if they did, if they were, I mean, if they come back, they'd be great. I never did go to heroin. Uh, Venice Underground was fucking amazing. I brought my dad to that show. He like, he's a big bar fly. He loves bars. He loves like underground cool spots. So when he saw it, he was like, dude, he loved it. So any like, he, that's a story he tells wherever we go. He was like, we gotta get Bron. We gotta ask Bronson just to like re to redo it soon. He needs to. That was such a fire show. So, John, you know, um, I, maybe you haven't seen it, but Frank Frank's Twitter backdrop is uh, Seth Simons blocked me, right? So, I'm also blocked by him, and it, I think it's the funniest thing ever. I am not blocked by and Seth John Simons. Is not blocked by by him, and he because he likes fighting with me. It's crazy. I, I should have gotten more back and forth with that guy because he. I'm convinced he's a white supremacist. <laughs> There's something I've always argued, and I think fucking Malcolm X said this shit. It was just like, um, you know, people's queerness is not a band-aid for their whiteness. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely it does. So it's just kind of like, hey, man, you're not like uplifting anybody. Because if you were, you would have talked about like me, Derek, half these fucking door guys or just half these young comics that are blowing up that are from whatever the fuck communities. You know what I mean? Your yeah. marginalized communities that he preaches so much about. Right. And it was like, no, nah, man, you're just a dude that's like attacking comics. And mind yeah. you, I get it. There's a lot of people who some comedy's not for everybody. And I get that, you know, some audiences are fucking not nice and they're mean and all blah, 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 blah. I get that. That's fine. You can make that argument all day. But the idea that it's like, 
the, the, to the extent that he's taking it, I'm like, dude, get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. Yeah. You know what I, mean? There, I mean, listen, I've been I've been the highlight of some of his pieces, some of his tweets. My club has been. I, I, I had a realization for a little bit. There was a little bit of me that as a minority and Asian and the only Asian booker in New York City, that some, and some of the comics he talked about, I was like, he has some point. You know, there are some times that there are some things that are done off stage that I'm like, why would you do that? But none of those times have any of those comics done that on stage. They know where they are. They know what they're, they, they're club comics. They know what they can and can't do over there. I also personal friends with some of these guys as well. And I say personal friends, but you know, I've been to their houses and things like that. And we've had conversations, but what bothers me now is that Seth is at this point where again, Everything he's saying, and I actually had the realization with Chappelle while watching Chappelle. And Greg, you're going to get very uncomfortable for a second. Um, (laughs) But but essentially, Dave said, he goes, listen, I'm not just hitting gay people, not hitting transgender, I'm not hitting cops. At At the core most, I'm hitting white people. Do you know what I mean? And like, I, and, and that's what bothers me about Seth is that like, I don't need you championing for me. Do you know what I mean? At all. I, I say this to my wife all the time because uh, a lot of her friends are uh, very liberal and LGBTQ and, you know, I made a joke and one of them was very upset at me and then I was just kind of like, you know, I was like, I'm attacking white privilege. I was like, that's what I'm attacking. Yeah. So it's just one of these things like, it's also the concept of white. You know what I mean? Like how, how uh, Patrice O'Neill said it, where it was like, there's white guys that I've known my whole life that are down and they understand what I'm talking about. And then there's people who are just like, nah, you know? And it's just very interesting to see that and to see like, especially like I a hundred percent feel it with, with that whole like Seth Simmons and the white thing. Cause it's just, it's it, all it reads to me is this fear. Like I tell my wife, I'd rather deal with racist people cause their whole thing is like, Oh, I, I think I'm better than you because of my skin. And it's like, well, I can prove you wrong on that. All the things, but I can't prove someone wrong who thinks they know what's in my best interest. That Precisely. gets fucking killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, people, religious people have murdered so many people with that thinking. So yeah. it's just so funny to me to see him think that. And it's kind of like, you know. But it is interesting that, you know, like you take somebody like Alex Jones on the right side of things that will have the clickbait and say, hey, click here to, uh, to subscribe. He's doing it on the way far left. And it kind of makes, and listen, I can't. I'm not gonna knock the game. Do you know what I mean? I mean, he's he's hustling for money. Some people are rocking the game. Some people just want to write jokes and get funnier. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's, yeah. It's everyone's got to hustle. And, and at uh, the end of the day, I've always said he does not affect my draw, my bottom line, or anything. So why even bother? He's just a loud voice, and that's the crazy thing is, you know, it, he's just a loud voice. And yeah. it, but also, I'm just one of those guys where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna shout too. You know, I'm yeah. fucking crazy. I've got, you know, my wife makes all the money. I'm doing nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing pants in this podcast. Uh, None of us are. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so fucking ridiculous. Like, you can't cancel people that want to buy tickets. Yeah. That's like what I see with all the stuff. I don't know if you guys saw the, all the tweets right now with white women in LA. It's really just two. Uh, complaining about uh, the Hollywood improv. No. Uh, no. So Jen Kirkman and uh, Valerie Tosi complaining uh because the Hollywood Improv didn't book any any females this weekend, right? 
fine. You know, you can make that. But their whole thing was like, it was like, you know, men need to speak out and all these things. And it's just one of the things that makes me laugh. Cause I'm like, Hey ladies, like you live in Los Angeles. I'm usually the only Mexican on any of these lineups. You're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you got to, you though they got, she got to feel what it's like to be a Mexican comic in Los Angeles except you're going to get booked the next weekend. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I, sh- I was like, I looked at the thing. I was like, yeah, you've got spots coming up. Like, what do you like? It's just a crazy thing to complain about. Yeah, yeah. it is. That's, that's nuts. I mean, the idea of diversity is, I, listen, I try, I, I try very hard to make sure that all lineups are yeah. diverse, but there's sometimes that you get a drop and all of a sudden it's an all, you know, it's an all male lineup or. Dude, I, and, I've worked in the clubs yeah. with, you know what I mean? So I get it when like they're like, no one's available. I'm like, yeah, man, none of the funny women were available this weekend because they're all fucking booked. Yeah. They can't stop getting booked. You know what I mean? The yeah. unfunny ones are the ones still in LA. And <laughs> don't want to put them on. You know what I mean? Like we would rather put four black dudes on than one mediocre white chick. Yeah. So, <laughs> name some names. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Well, let's just say few of them got Conan before I did. So maybe they should <laughs> go, go hunt down that, that list of performers. But yeah, it's just, it's funny because it's, I don't know. I just think of like, I used to complain a lot when I was starting a little bit, but it was always like, it was always what all those white bookers used to tell me. And it was like, be undeniable. Yeah. That's what I had to do for when I got passed, man. Cause you know, Adam passed Tim Dillon, Laura Bites, Miss Pat, and then me. And I was a door guy. Usually only passes three. They don't have to pass four. Right. So the fact that I fucking smash so hard that it made him be like i have to pass this kid that's like that just shows what you have to do to get places yeah i mean that's a good thing to get passed with i mean come on well here's the funny thing and greg started to jump in but like tim Dillon is not passed at the comedy cellar so to see tim over there and listen i i i i i i i'm i i'm not a big fan of tim's comedy to be honest, but I get why he's bookable and yeah. you know, that, that, that he has that, that, those kind of things. I, there are some comics that sometimes you just have to put everything aside and be like, is this what's best for the audience? Cause ultimately we all work for the audience. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Sorry, you, Greg. I, no, I, I, no, I, that was fine. I'm just like, do you think Adam's job's gotten now much harder since a lot of people have left LA? Oh, he's he's not the booker anymore. He's, oh, he's uh, not. No, no, he's uh, he moved to uh, Austin. He's booking oh. Rogan's new club. Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, so, how do you like that? It's Emily LaFord at the Comedy Store. So I'll edit this part out. Do you think Emily's <laughs> job has gotten much harder since Adam went to Austin and all these comics have left LA? <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's gotten harder. I'm excited because I right. think she's finally going to be able to grow as a talent. Right. Be able to make dope decisions. Right. A lot of these women are compl- a lot of a lot of white women are going to complain about not getting booked, but it's like, yo, a majority of the women booking clubs right now in Los Angeles are white women. Right. So if you're a chicken. You can't get booked. That's not on me. Yeah. Or right. Them. That is purely on them. Right. So it's like this is the best time to be a white woman. All you got to do is be funny. Right. You yeah. Know? And the be funny part's the hard part. And it's always been the hard. Part. Yeah, it's, it's been the hard part for everybody. You know what I mean? Because right. the white women that are funny, 
get booked. Laura Bites is fucking slammed with dates right now. You know yeah, I mean? she is hysterical. Like, she's so good. Fucking stupid. Lisa Traeger. You know what I mean? Like, these fucking... Yeah, come on, man. Yeah. So it, it makes me laugh so much. Um, I got a question, though. There's uh, The store got a little bit of heat. Well, not heat, but there's a lot of uh, 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 bashing about the store, saying it's just it's a big... Uh, just It's all about celebrity over there. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, because... You're coming out of it, and no offense, Frank, you're not a celebrity. 100%. 100%. And that's why, like, anyone that talks shit about the store only does so because they didn't get in or they just don't know anything about it. It's the easiest place to talk shit on. You know, because if you were there watching the lineups, like, I'll pull a lineup right now. People are like, it's a celebrity hangout. It's like, well, I mean, maybe, you know, celebrities do pop in because we got dope clubs. Yeah. It's like uh, the biggest. uh, So we had. Jesus Trejo, Adam Ray, Eric Griffin, Mark Marin, Donnell Rawlings, Fahim Anwar, Brad Williams, Ross, Traeger, Brian Simpson, Eleanor Kerrigan, Frank Castillo. Mainstream stars, probably Donnell Rawlings and Mark Marin. And I'm talking like TV, TV, right? Sure. Like if you're a comedy you got Somebody's fan, got some Disney money on, that, on yeah. that lineup. If you're a comedy fan, you know who all those people are, right? But 100%. you're a comedy fan. And you're like, I'm gonna buy tickets. You're like, oh, I've heard of Mark Maron. I've heard, you know, no disrespect to any of the comics on the line. Right. But we're, we're just talking like, you know, no, of course, you know, people like, yeah, there's celebrities, but also like, bro, there's door guys going up. You know what I mean? There's like, you look at the live from the belly room shows. Like, she has Emily has like full on eight to ten people that are not in the development system. Like, she's going through people. She's combing. There's people that I've never seen getting looks. And that's great, you know. Yeah. Anyone that's shitting on the store has just never been there, you know. Dali is right. not getting booked there. You know what I mean? Like, it's people that shit on it are like, well, there's plenty of other places you could be shitting on. You know? Sure. So, um, I am I'm curious because on your on I don't know if it's your bio or your or somewhere I saw that um, you enjoy tacos, burritos, hash browns, and ketchup. So how does I understand the first three? Like I get those, hash right? Ketchup. I I oh hash browns and ketchup together. Yeah. Oh, I thought I read that as separate items. Hash browns and ketchup. Yeah. What did you think browns was? No hash browns, comma, and then ketchup. Like oh, you, you thought enjoy... I was just straight eating ketchup? Yes, I thought I was like he enjoys ketchup that much. <laughs> oh, actually, that is not too far from the truth. I am a very like if you watch me eat a hamburger, you're like, is that ketchup on every bite? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so Why? wait, wait. We're, we're definitely going to get to the tacos and burritos part. But speaking of hamburgers with ketchup, how do you eat a hot dog? Like, what do you put on a hot dog? Oh, all right. If we're doing chili dog, it's everything. So that's like onions, chili, cheese, yep. ketchup, maybe mu- no, not ketchup or mustard. Maybe mustard. Um, and if it's a regular hot dog, ketchup, mustard. But dudes, I, I like all those specialty dogs. I'll go fucking all out. Right. Kingston, they fucking put pastrami and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you put, you put ket- you're a ketchup and mustard on a hot dog guy. Yeah, if that's the only condiments they have. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Interesting. New York, New York dog. You're gonna go for ketchup and mustard. Onions are free. New York dog? No. Yeah, New York, New York dog. Okay. They, they got like a lot more shit. Okay. So because like because kraut and onions are usually free. So I'll yeah, do yeah. kraut, onions, and I won't do ketchup on a dog. I don't know. Like I can't. I can't do ketchup. Yeah, on I can't. You guys have like Mexican hot dogs? No. Or it's like, like bacon wrapped, uh, jalapenos, like bell peppers, onions. Oh, cheese. shit, no. 
Then you oh, do no, like, no, no. So they'll do mayo, ketchup, and mustard. Huh. Yeah. What? Like a fajita plate. It's pretty dope. Oh, shit. All right. Well, we go, we're we out in L.A. next week. We want to know a bunch of questions, but what is, all right, top taco place in L.A. right now? Oh, shit. Someone just told me about a new place. I haven't been there yet, but it's apparently called, uh, like, like you see how, how how excited Greg and I both got? It's like okay. It's like world famous. It's like something world famous tacos. Um, it, they do they do like 150 different kinds of tacos. What? That's a lot of tacos. Yeah. Now I was looking at specifically. Uh, everybody's telling me to go to. Excuse me one second here. Frank, what part of town do you live in? Uh, Hollywood. I live in uh, West Hollywood. West Hollywood. Okay. Uh, this is called Tacos Iberia La Unica. That is actually good. I think um, Fury took me there, Stephen Fury. Did he? Okay, so all right, we're going to check Fury. this spot out. So we're, 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 we're kind of like on this, like, I mean, we always... Oh, worldwide don't... Tacos. It's called Worldwide Tacos. Worldwide Tacos. All right. Write that down. Yes, I am right now. So where's your go-to? Like, what's your go-to place? In, in in like where you live in the area. There's a spot by my house called uh, Tacos Ogavilan. It's pretty good. It's kind of like a, a a taco cart, but if they had like a storefront, right? So it's like kind of you know old school. And then they have uh, there's a hole in the wall spot that I love called Los Tacos. It is like my grandmother opened up a taco spot. She really looks there like her. She calls me Miho. She calls me <laughs> fucking. She calls me my wife Miha. She's like. Bro, she knows her name. She's like, knows exactly what we want to order. She's like, you sweet fucking lady, man. Every time I like, my grandma passed away recently. So like, I, I've just, I've just been going there a lot. And my wife's like, bro, dude, calm down. I was like, okay. also, the rice is the closest to my grandma's rice. Really? Anyone's uh, where is it? Where is it? It's off of Santa Monica and I think uh, Crescent Heights. Okay. I know exactly. I mean, I'm looking at this worldwide taco place. Uh, first of all, this website, and you can't see it, but it is very uh, nominal. I mean, this might as well be an angel fire site. It is like, it's <laughs> like if they had the the. It's it's like if they had the whichever grandkids, the only one that spoke English, design a website. <laughs> not speaking or non English speaking grandparents like that. Is <laughs> you, you ever go to those old school like Mexican restaurants like Casa Vega or um, yeah. Ponchos in in uh, in Manhattan Beach? Well, Ponchos is a great show. Have you done that, Frank? Ponchos is great. There's a little taco oh, yeah, up, show, right. right up from Ponchos that like they do wet burritos. Oh. Yeah, on right wait, on uh, Rosecrans, right? The the one on Rosecrans. Yeah. Uh, what is a wet burrito? <laughs> wet burrito is no. They cover an enchilada sauce and uh, cheese. Yeah. Oh shit! And it's all hot. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's a wet burrito. It's great. Have you done that Poncho show on Mondays? Right. Oh, it's yeah, Mondays. I, only gone because I know I could get a burrito afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Not because Dano is such a great host. <laughs> great host? Is that his name? The great Dano host? Carter. I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> I, met him, I saw him the other night. Great host, great show. Fucking, I, I go for the stage time, stay for the burritos. Yeah, I, I love punches. I, I'm, that's the other part of town I stay in when I'm there and I stay across the street at the Seaview, the hotel, that place across the street. And I mean, there's been weeks I've only eaten in ponchos. <laughs> like every I'm going to be there on Monday. I'm there Monday, actually, for the show. so funny. There's, I'm sure if you ask him, you're going to be like, what do you think of Frank Castillo? He'd probably tell you about how every interaction we had at that show was me going, hey, when am I up? 
cool, I'm gonna go get some food. And then, <laughs> like, you know what they? You know what my favorite dish there is? Actually, they have the best mole of any place I've I've been to. I'm not a big mole fan, only right. because I had such bad mole. Yeah. Times, and I've had good mole like twice, and I'm like, okay, this is okay. I'm into this. Yeah, the ponchos is great, and then Casa Vega is interesting because. You know that place was you know obviously a fun hangout just to go hang out at, at Casa Vega, but like you know two like two years ago they got closed down because of like the rats in the kitchen and all the crap that they found in the kitchen of the of that place and that was like the running joke forever that it was like the dirtiest <laughs> like gross place to go. But and it's always I, the best places. I loved it. I mean, it was such a great you know fun spot to eat. You know, Frank, I want to kind of pivot a little bit if we could. Oh, let's uh, pivot, dog. Back to back to comedy, you, you said something that kind of resonated a little bit. You said that people getting off of uh, roast battle and then getting writing jobs and being miserable. I have seen that more and more lately than ever. All right, personally, we just had um, uh, Mike Lawrence on uh, a couple of weeks ago, and Mike was talking about how he's kind of like not not doing stand up, and all he's doing is writing. I mean, and I hear these horror stories. Like, I always watch, like, Connor McSpadden. Like, if he was, like, writing for, like, the iHeartMedia, he'll be like, this is what I ate today because all I've been doing is writing. Sarah Tiana's about to write on some stuff right there, and she's like, she's like, I got to get all my reps in before I have to go in this writing gig. How much, like, do you love stand-up that much that you would say no to, like, NBC money? To, like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, I was uh, in the running for the... Um... Not the Black Woman Sketch Show. The show they had before that, the Robin Thede. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the. I got the whole fucking Zoom meeting and everything, and um, they were just like a twenty-four hour job, blah 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 blah. And I was like, so no stand up at all. They're like, yeah, you can't do any stand up. And I was like, if I'm gonna move to New York, and I'm not gonna be able to do stand up, I can't do it. I was like, cause I'm I'm bad when it comes to homework. I was a terrible. You know what I mean? Like stand up's the only thing I love. And I remember talking to. I texted Rogan about it. I was like, hey. Uh, you know, uh, comedy knockout too. I was in the running for that job, and then yeah. they offered me like not a lot of money. Um, and they were just like, got to move to New York, all this stuff. And I remember talking to Rogan about it. I was like, should I take this job? It's good money. And he was like, nah, man, just stay, do stand up. And then, like, I think I got Bert hit me up about going on the road with him for like months uh, right after that offer happened. And my wife, even at the time, was like, don't take a writing job because you feel the need to take care of us you know what i mean she was like keep the store job just focus on stand-up you know and there have been a few moments where we both looked at each other like was that the dumb mistake you know i haven't gotten a writing job yet you know um i still haven't even gotten in the roast writers rooms like i've never been in a roast wow. writer's room wow but i've submitted tons of jokes and they've gotten on and used by everybody right so once that kind of happened, it was like, I was like, I don't know if I want this. And then Jerron Horton made a good point. He said this, he, I was talking about, you know, complaining about, you know, not getting a writing job. And he goes, that's, he goes, that's the difference between you and me, man. He goes, I, you think of it as a job. He goes, you're a standup. He goes, I love writing. He's like, it's not a job to me. He's like, it's something I can do all day. And I'm like, oh, you're right. It would feel like a job. And um, yeah, that's kind of what kind of boiled it down to me. And I ghostwrite for a lot of people. I write for a weed advertising agency now, and I make like fucking great money. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a lot of hours a week. It's, and I get to do whatever I want. And once that kind of happened, it 
kind of gave me this like confidence where I was like, oh, I don't need to fucking do this rat race. You know, prioritizing happiness is the most important thing. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Next week. And I can, you know, I can easily just go to Chicago for a week and just do fucking shows. So it's like, that's, that's what I've always wanted. Right. What, um, John, I, I mean, we've been talking about food, so do your food bit. I guess so. I mean, Frank, we always ask, what was the best thing you ate this week? This week? Mm-hmm. I had a fucking meatball sub that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> Where? Uh, Where? In L.A.? Yeah, my wife ordered it off DoorDash. It was, uh, it was just, the meatballs were fucking great. The sauce was dope. It was a really good amount of cheese. The fucking, I don't know if these are cucumbers or peas or whatever the fuck, but they were fucking crunchy and delicious. Oh, uh, a little spice to them as well. The pepperoncinis. Ah, oh, those are great. Oh, sorry. This guy's trying to run away. Oh, the mascot. <laughs> oh, uh, so, so that was the best thing you've eaten all week. I mean, is there a favorite food? I mean, listen, you're touring with like Rogan. All the time. Talk okay, so burritos. I'm a, ah, fuck. I I lied. I'm big into Philly cheesesteak sandwiches. I love fucking cheesesteak, um, pizza, calzones. Like when I sushi, when I travel, I'm fucking eating all the time. Okay, have you had uh, the actual Philly sandwich, which is not the cheesesteak technically? No, I have not. It is an Italian. Uh, it's it's uh, roast Italian roast pork and broccoli robin provolone <laughs> on a sandwich with the au jus. And that is actually the original Philly. Uh, that is, you can get a lot of it. Uh, where is it? Tony Luke's is pretty good for one, but there's a couple of great spots. If you're ever out in New York, we're going to do a food tour with you, bro. <laughs> I'll bring yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. speaking of cheesesteaks, and uh, I think, John, we have to do this next week. Um, have you been to the Smokehouse in Burbank? No. That place has one of the all-time great steak sandwiches. Right. It's like a full, you know, like New York strip steak on cheesy garlic bread with fried onions. It's, it's and I think they do like a horse horseradish sauce. Like if you, Ooh. oh my God, it is, it, it'll blow your mind. It's a phenomenal steak sandwich. Hell yeah. Definitely check that out when you're, uh, next time you're at Warner Brothers Studios. <laughs> dude, Frank, thanks so much for fucking hanging out with us, dude. Appreciate I'm it, man. This was a blast. Dude, uh, we'll, uh, I guess we'll touch base, I guess, in the winter in L.A. Any, any shows you want to plug? Um, Just my uh, uh, podcast on YouTube called Peaked. Uh, that's about it. Hilarious. Well, John's <laughs> rips him up. All right, man, hang out for one sec after I uh, end this recording.